of the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Matt Spectro through the multiverse! again for joining us for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro through the multiverse. I am your host Matt Spectro, lifetime comic fan, lifetime animation fan, lifetime superhero fan, and you've reached the podcast that talks comic books and we talk animation. I'm going to briefly explain the rules and then we're going to get right into our episode. Rule number one, I've said it every time, it's comic books, it's animation, it's what we talk about it, nothing more to say. Rule number two, I'm a big fan of the old team-up books. Marvel Team Up, DC Comics Presents. So this is a Team Up podcast every week. Me and a special guest talking comic books, talking animation. Rule number three, most important, we got to have fun. And we're going to bring out our guest. She's a first-time visitor to the multiverse. She is the creator and writer of the indie comic Worthy Chaos. Welcome to the multiverse, Carissa Grant. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Always new to uh, have a... Uh, comic fan not only a comic fan but uh, someone working in the comic field we've had some before but we don't get them every week <laughs> yeah i'm new i'm seven months but yeah i've already got a. this is my sixth issue so we're we're moving right along so uh before we're gonna get into the subject of uh comic book animation why don't we uh i'm curious uh at what point and what made you decide you know what i'm gonna give this a crack i'm gonna work on some uh, indie comic books uh, so I role played as Claire Redfield from Resident Evil 2 for about 15 years before I met my co-writer while role playing. And we decided to role play the story for fun. This was not planned. This was literally just to have fun. And then two years into it, we're like, we have 11 novels, so we should <laughs> probably do something with it. So um, we found out that it's uh, about, so this series would be five of those books and uh, it winds up being about 45 issues already written. So Goodness. Yeah. So I'm converting them to scripts. Uh, we're up to script uh, 18 and uh, released. We have, this is our sixth issue live on Kickstarter and um, seven will be released October 3rd. And that is the last issue in book one. And then book two, issue one, will start January 23rd. So I gave people uh, a little time off for the holidays <laughs> uh, to waste their money on other cool stuff. But um, then we get right back to it. What would you say is um, the biggest uh, challenge or maybe what you didn't expect uh, before you got started on this type of stuff? I did not think ahead at all. I just said, uh, how hard can it be? And it's extremely hard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how hard can it be? But yeah, it's one of the hardest things I've ever done. And I started my own business from scratch. So that's telling you something. Uh, I would say the hardest part is getting the story into people's hands. Uh, the people that read it love it. And um, they really... They love the art. They love the panels. They love the dialogue. They love the story. They love the characters. But I have to get people to actually read it. So that, that's where you come in. <laughs> Great <laughs> podcasts like you that help get the word out that I even exist 
uh, that helps the most. Um, that's all. I, I suck at cons. Uh, I had a con uh, that I just finished and I hated every minute of it. I love talking to the people, but uh, I just screaming over the intercom and and trying to call people over. It just it's just not my cup of tea. Once I can talk to people, I'm fine. But that makes the podcast way more me that I can just talk about it and not feel like I have to rush through a pitch before they have to scurry on to the next exciting thing they want to do next table or whatever. Uh, so really this is the, this is the best and hardest part is marketing it and, and getting the story out there. And if you had a, uh, just a few sentences or a moment, uh, and you had to describe it like in, in, a, in a genre way, is there a category you would find in your comic book? <laughs> um, it's like everything. So it's horror, but it's not like a slasher. So it's also supernatural. So it's a I've been calling it a horror supernatural adventure comic book series because it's got a whole it's got a survival horror to it, like a, a regular game, like you try to survive like a Resident Evil type thing. Um, but it also has all the supernatural aspects to it. Demons and angels. It's got monsters. It's got Anubis. Uh, it's got hellhounds and ghosts and vampires and zombies, uh, zombie mermen. You know, it's got pretty much anything you can think of monster-wise. Uh, so yeah, that's it, it's it's its own genre, I guess. <laughs> Before we're gonna get into this week's topic, uh, so I'm I'm really curious. Uh, do you have anyone you could uh, name as a influence, whether it be a comic book or regular writer or artist? I would have to say my favorite was James O'Barr for The Crow. Uh, I had his graphic novel since I was a kid. Um, I had the same one for 30 years. I used to sketch from it. I actually just met him a few weeks ago and got his autograph for the first time. And I said, I've been waiting 30 years for this. And he goes, I'm so glad I didn't die on you. And I was like, me too. <laughs> uh, but he was super nice and uh really easygoing he actually asked for one of my comics so obviously i gave it to him and uh he might never read it but my mind says that there's a possibility that he's going to read it and, and that's enough for me so yeah he would be the and when the second i had to figure out a script my I, I pulled out the graphic novel just to have it next to me so it was kind of uh there with me so yeah i would say james ovar is my my favorite i assume <laughs> i've always heard with uh you uh, you always if you're at a convention or anywhere, you might run into someone in the industry. You always bring a copy of one of your comics. Always, always. I at the convention I just came to, I wanted to give one to Kevin Smith so bad, but I had a table and it was like a three hour wait, and it was just I I couldn't have a chance. But that was what I wanted to do. And my my neighbor, my table neighbor, had a uh, g- gave him a whole thing of books, and he took it. So he would have definitely taken it. So I'm very upset about that. Uh, the, the people that I want to get it to read it the most right now is the uh, people on Supernatural on the show. So I'm bringing them to be um, I'm bringing them to sign a copy, hopefully in December in Nashville. And I'm going to see if they're allowed to take a copy because I'm excited about that. And before I forget, uh, I just want to be clear. So this story is from us role playing. So. The entire story, it's written by me. I lead the story pretty much, but I write all the thoughts and feelings and speech and actions of Seraphina, the angel descendant, who's the supernatural hunter. And um, my co-writer writes for Draven. 
the demon descendant assassin. So when you're reading the story and you're like, wow, these feel like totally two different personalities. I am not that good of a writer. They are completely two different personalities. And um, you could tell when you're reading them that they are, they're not the same person and it gives a kind of unique spin on it because I never write the actions or speech for a Draven and she, and uh, my co-writer never writes for Serafina. So when you say supernatural, you're going to, we talking Jensen ankles here? Or? Yes. <laughs> uh, I was obsessed with the show and it, my, mine has a lot of angels and demons from scripture and mythology, but we kind of pretty much followed who they were in scripture. So I did a lot of research. And whereas on the show, which I love the show, don't get me wrong, they will just give names to any angel or anything and not have anything <laughs> to do with it. So like they had Remnall in Supernatural, who was the, they made him the Prince of Hell or the something like that. And he's actually, he was... Uh, an angel that worked uh, was the judgment of souls and he would judge the souls on earth and take them to heaven. And uh, he's the first one to sin to God and create the Nephilim, which would be Seraphina. So in our story, he creates Seraphina from uh, an angelic weapon that he uses that has the power of souls. And after he creates her, he realizes the power of the weapon and his counter demon that is always after him is seeking the weapon so it's pretty much their feud together. So pretty much in this story, Serafina and Draven are trying to survive against their parents because if either one of them gets the angelic weapon from her, they can tip the scales of heaven and hell in their favor. Uh, so it's it's kind of like Romeo and Juliet and hell, but uh, more action and gore. Okay. Now uh, we're going to get to our subject. And just one, one question I ask, I always ask this of any guest I have who's actually in the industry. The big debate of social media is... One Nana says comics are doing better than they ever have. The other says the comic industry is just about dead. What do you think on that subject, man? I think that uh, the mainstreams are dying and the indies are coming stronger. Um, I'm not saying mine's coming stronger. I'm just saying from the indies that I've seen, they are doing amazing on Kickstarter. Um, one of my mentors, uh, Rob Martari with Night Wolf, uh, he, he just made 23,000 on his seventh issue. So, uh, and it, which is a, an amazing book, by the way, go find it. Uh, he always has pre-orders or back orders or whatever you need. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, the, the thing about indies is they are so passionate about their story. I mean, they, they, we don't expect to make any money. We just want to tell our story. We're obsessed with it. And it's something that we feel very strongly about. We don't get into this to make money, especially me, because I'm going broke. But I put all my money into this. Uh, I really just want to do it to see my story, you know, written out and, and drawn out. Um, but mainstream, nobody in it has any stake in it. I mean, half the time, the artist doesn't even know what the speech is about or, or what the speech is going to be or what the plot is about. They just do their job and they get paid. They don't really, I'm not going to say they don't care, but they don't, they definitely don't have a stake in it the way indie creators have. So I would say comic books are very much alive. It just depends on which ones you're talking about. So. All right. So my show, we always talk comic book based animation. I usually leave it up to the guests unless it's a special occasion. So you went into the world of anime and we're going to talk. I'm going to say this right. Inuyasha. Correct. <laughs> now, <laughs> Any long-time listeners know I am more of a fan of the Western comic genre. I have nothing against anime. I've just never been as big into it. Uh, but I have, I've, we've done other episodes. I've done an episode on Sailor Moon, One Punch Man, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Vampire Hunter D. So 
I'm not completely unfamiliar. I'm just not as educated as uh, a lot of my guests. What made you pick Inuyasha? Dog it's, demon, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Inu is dog and Yasha is demon. Um, I have loved it since before it came to the States. I had seen it bootlegged back in the day in New York City. Um, I had to have uh, Japan... Someone in Japan sent me the PAL version of the tape so that I could just watch them because I was just so obsessed with it. And uh, I just love Rumiko Takahashi and all of the work. So, yeah, I just I've always loved Ninjasha. And it came to my forefront of the mind because I just got my husband to watch it. So I think we're in the 90s. I think we're into. So I've seen the whole series at least twice or three times. So but it's just fresh in my mind because we just I watched an episode right before I came in here. Man, I'm going to leave the uh, the pronunciation to you. You you roll, rolled those names off the tip of your oh, tongue like, no. <laughs> like you spoke fluent Japanese. Yeah, uh, Rumoko Takahashi wrote uh, Ranma One Half. Really great series. Uh, so yeah, she, she's got a lot of great things in there. But um, this is one of my favorite. And this is the one that I'll watch over. I never get tired of it. Well, uh, I did a little research as always. And uh, the comic debuted back in 1996. Yes, I'm uh, old. <laughs> Actually, that so, was the year I graduated, so. So, so am I, so don't worry about it. <laughs> it was uh, published by, oh God, here we go, Shogaku Khan. And again, <laughs> my apologies to anybody. I mean, no disrespect. I'm just terrible <laughs> at pronouncing. And it was published in Weekly Shonen Sunday, which they had, much, like most manga, had quite a lot. It had 56 volumes, which is, it's always crazy to me how much of it is out there. I had all of them. I don't anymore because when we moved, my husband's like, "Are you gonna move all these heavy books?" And I was like, "I guess, I guess not." So I wound up not taking them, but I did own all the books. Published in English a year later in 1997. Uh, apparently, uh, according to my research, over 50 million copies in circulation. Damn, nice. Go Viz. <laughs> it's just crazy to me because there's so much of it, yet it's not like watered down like so much of manga and anime sells no matter how much they seem to pump out yeah that's true uh it's just it's a really good series the only thing i'm going to say about the animation and don't get me wrong i love the animation but at least 25 to 50 percent of an episode is them looking back at a past episode so <laughs> it's like i don't know like i was just watching this one I swear to you, 50% of it was just them thinking about the past, the last episode. Like, I'm just like, this. I had to fast forward through it. I'm just, this is just, I just saw this last episode. Why are you <laughs> showing every detail of what happened? So, uh, but other than that, I mean, the characters are awesome. The uh, emotions that they have are awesome. The story is awesome. The, the uh, you know, never boring. And I could watch it over and over again. And I love, love the art style. I think he's absolutely adorable with his little ears and, and uh, yeah, so I absolutely adore it. Now we're going to be talking about the anime show, but on top of that, there's been several films. Four. Inushia, the movie, uh, Affections, Touching Across Time. Across Time is my favorite. The Castle Beyond the Looking Glass. I lied. That one's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Swords of an Honorable Ruler. You sure that's not your favorite? <laughs> well, that one's really good because it has Sesho Maru, but the... Through the glass one is uh, I really like it because it it's got a they kidnap Kagome and that's always my favorite stuff that Inuyasha gets so upset about it and and the art all the art animation in the movies 
are top notch. Like you don't know, you don't realize how much better it is. Now I love, love, love the animation and the regular series, but they definitely turned up the notch for the movies. Um, you could tell the colors are darker, the animation sharper. It's it's really gorgeous. Fire on Mystic Island it was the fourth film. Yes. Now, uh, last episode I did with someone with anime, I asked them, I said, is there any bad anime? Because every time I have someone on my show, I we always both like what we watch. So... Is it, would you say he said Berserk the anime is bad? That was the only thing I he loved could come Berserk. <laughs> Berserk was awesome. I mean, it's a little, it's been a while, it's a little violent, but uh, I, I remember loving it. So he loved the comic, he loves the manga, he just doesn't think the anime is any good. I, I only watched the anime, I did not read that manga. The only mangas that I normally read, um, probably mostly Rubiko Dagahaji. Like, I loved Mermaid's Forest. I loved, uh, I don't know who did Three by Three Eyes, but I love Three by Three. I mean, they're very violent, um, but I have the manga for those. I never I never read Berserk. I loved Lotus War. If you haven't seen that, I know you said you don't watch a lot of anime. If you like Dungeons & Dragons, Lotus War is the animated, anime version of Dungeons & Dragons. Like, they have the thief, the knight, the, the elf, the cleric. Um, that was actually the first anime I had ever seen. And as a dyslexic, uh, the <laughs> the subtitles very fast, so I I got lost the first time I read it and had to start <laughs> over. But um, the the artwork, it, the animation is just gorgeous. It's just good. And I actually I actually cosplayed as Dietlit, so I'm I'm obviously biased. But yeah, the elf I, I cosplayed at the elf. But I would look whoever hasn't looked it up, look it up. Lotus War. Uh, I don't think it's a very long series, but I I, I now I want to watch it again. I haven't watched it in years. So we're going to go back to October 16th, the year 2000, and the episode, this is quite a mouthful, The Girl Who Overcame Time and the Boy Who Just Overcome. Quite a title, right? <laughs> or, or for the layman, episode one. <laughs> now the show, the anime that uh, was Sunrise Studios, originally uh, aired NNS, then an Adult Swim tsunami uh, two years later, 2002. Um, now, here we're going to go again. We're going to get written by Kasuki Sumasawa. I think I actually said that right. <laughs> <laughs> Directed by Mashashi Akata. Um, right. who they, uh, Mashashi directed almost the entire first half of the show, and then they had a different director, and Katsuki had written a bunch of the episodes. Well, I think that there's a huge amount of years between the first half and the second half, because I stopped watching. I thought it ended. And then like a decade later, some, I, I don't know where I saw it, but they're like, Oh, it en- they actually had a real ending to it. And I was like, what? So I had to go find all the his- episodes and I was like, Holy crap. So I missed like a ton of them. So now I'm all caught up, but uh, yeah, I was so excited because the ending quote unquote that they originally had did not complete anything. It was their version of an ending that didn't, they didn't beat them. They didn't beat the main enemy, you know. Uh, so they had a, an epic fight, but nobody won. So they made it sound like it was over. So then years later, I was like, I had no idea. So, but the nice thing about it was is that I didn't have to wait for each individual episode because it had already ended again. So I was just like, all I have to do is binge watch the, you know, whatever amount of episodes it was. Now this is a a little tidbit you may or may not found interesting, but uh, it's one of the few animes 
where all almost all of the Japanese characters actually have black hair. <laughs> you wouldn't think is such a thing, but <laughs> apparently it is. Oh yeah. Inuyasha is the only well, Inuyasha has white hair until he's a human and then he has black hair. Wow, they really like black hair. Yeah, you're right. So uh a, a rare uh fact. Yeah. I didn't even notice. And of course now that's all I'm gonna notice. Technically, I think all the females look alike. So uh and I just found out that uh Moroku, uh the English voice actor had passed. Um he was like in his forties, I think. So that was kind of depressing to learn that, but because I really do like Moroku. And would you uh, rank this better, worse than the manga, the same? or? Uh... <sighs> you know, the animation just can't be beat. The action sequences can't be beat. So as much as I absolutely adored the manga, I'm going to go with animation. All right. So uh, I always get into a little uh, voice credit. Uh, we're only going to get into our two main characters, Inuyasha. We're watching the English dub, so it's a Richard Ian Cox does the voice. He's done a ton of different anime voiceovers, but uh, he was also Quicksilver in X-Men Evolution. Nice. Uh, he was did a voice in Barbie in the Secret Door. <laughs> and uh, the more recent Care Bears cartoon, he was Bedtime Bear. There's a new Care Bears cartoon? Uh, it's relatively new. It's not. Oh, did they screw it up, man? Come on. It's in the 21st century. Hold on a second. I can look it up. I think it was 2008, to be honest with you. I don't think it was very, very recent, but let, let's, let's, let's take a look though. But yes, he was Bedtime Bear. Bedtime Bear. Actually, yeah, it was a season. It was called Care Bears Adventures in Carolot. And it ran. I remember that one. <laughs> 2007, 2008. I liked it. I love that. I love the, uh, I don't know if you've ever watched the, little, the original My Little Pony, but uh, Midnight Castle was my favorite. It's actually quite violent for a kid's movie, but um, it was Midnight Castle, and they turned the little ponies into these horrifying yet awesome dragons. So that was around uh, the 80s. I still love that, but I think it's like banned now, probably. And then... Uh... Should right, well, that one. That's Western. <laughs> you want to uh, you want to handle the pronunciation of our main uh, female protagonist? Kagome. Kagome. There you go. <laughs> and, uh, she has voiced the dub is a uh, Monica Story, who has also done a ton of different uh, anime uh, voiceovers. On Hamataro, she did the voice of Lauren Haruna, which I'm not familiar with. <laughs> she also was on X Men Evolution. She was a character called Amanda Sefton. So she has done uh, quite a bit of voiceover. No longer active, though. Apparently she is uh, retired from uh, voice acting. Really? Yeah. I'm like, how do you retire from voice acting? It's not like you have to do anything strenuous or anything, but unless her throat is gone, I don't know. Yeah, I know. She had done a lot um, in a short period of time. She was like on Dragon Ball Z as well. And, uh, I guess she's she was, like, I'm done. <laughs> she even uh, was on the... I don't know how long it lasted, but the Mary Kate and Ashley animated uh, <laughs> she did voices on that. <laughs> really? I'm learning so much. So on that note, we're going to take our break and we're going to watch The Girl Who Overcame Time and The Boy Who Just Overcome. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. The reincarnation of an ancient warrior. I'm not her! The reincarnation of who? A half man, half demon. Must regain the shards of a magic cube. I like not the looks of it. Or all humanity is lost. 
Colonel Jewel. Not in my lifetime, pal. Of course. They may kill each other first. Your brain's broken or something. Inuyasha, starting Saturday, August 31st at 11 p.m. Sit, boy! Huh? Part of Adult Swim. Saturdays, check out Mary-Kate and Ashley's first animated series. Come on, let's go! Mary-Kate and Ashley in action. We're not spies, we're special agents. They're traveling the world. Paris, here we come. Battling the bad guys. And doing it in style. Let's do it. Catch Mary-Kate and Ashley in action on Disney's One Saturday Morning. Let's go save the world. Again. Saturdays on ABC. Behind the facade of this innocent-looking podcast. I want to change the world. And we are back. And I'm going to say it one more time. We just watched the girl who overcame time and the boy who just overcame <laughs> I wonder if Japanese that translates so long of a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So as usual, we get our great opening credits, which great music. Like I've never had an issue. Every anime we've reviewed, I've loved the music. Every beginning and every ending has an awesome song, awesome animation. You just can't go wrong. So for me, someone who's not very familiar with this anime, this was a very batshit crazy credits going on here, <laughs> where there's a giant tokenese cat and there's samurai and there's also i don't <laughs> i've never seen this before so there's all sorts of weird things going on in these credits absolutely uh, we go back what appears to be back in time inuyashi's uh he's jumping up and down he's uh he's smashing through buildings he's doing all sorts of you know what for trying to get the amulet I was a little confused. Uh, obviously, it gets explained later why he had cat ears really threw me <laughs> for a loop. Uh, <laughs> the half demon. Yeah. I'd, I'd probably pet those too. I think, says, uh, I think it's, uh, it's not really an amulet. I think they call it the Shikon jewel. So it's more like a, a jewel. It basically looks like a, almost like a pink glowing marble on a, on a chain. I'm a <laughs> it actually looks very much like a marble. Yeah, it's a good way to say it. And he says when he gets this, he'll finally become all demon so i, I kind of got clued into what was going on with with the cat ears. yeah i think they're, they're you have to call them dog ears even though they look like cat ears because he's <laughs> he's he's a dog demon so they're they're dog ears he gets shot with an arrow yes uh, and pinned to the tree pinned to the tree and we get a he's been a a, a kiku i believe is uh, the name of the Kick you. Uh, he, all right, I was close. You <laughs> were <he's>, close. <laughs> uh, she is injured, and uh, you find out that uh, the sacred jewel amulet it must be burned with her body. And then we kind of got, it was almost like, not really second credits, but it was almost like, like a title card came up after that. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, they do that. They do that, and then they do uh, the commercial 
they always have the same commercial plaque. Or is that what you're talking about, where it does the thing twice? Because there's one yeah. that comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Just didn't have like that's music the, that's or commercial break. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are in the modern day with uh, Kagomi. Uh, great scene with uh, her with her, her grandfather. <laughs> yes, that guy's crazy. <laughs> Who had so many great different emotional, so many expressions of emotion. I was just laughing through the entire episode. That is very accurate. <laughs> like he's mad one minute, he's kind of happy, he's surprised. He really does not like that cat attacking attacking his uh, replica of the, of the ancient jewel. I'm pretty sure he's bipolar or something. <laughs> She says it's her birthday, and he gives her a the hand. If I heard this correctly, a mummified water imp. <laughs> yeah, so he says. Yeah, he gives her lots of trinkets and and uh, things, some real, some fake. But yeah, it was a dried up hand, I guess. Which, of course, she just gives to her cat, and that gets him really, really mad. Which is disgusting <laughs> to give it to give a mummified. If you think about it, it's a whether it's really what he says it is. It's still. A mummified hand and probably most likely poisonous to give to a cat. So it probably wasn't the smartest of things, but here we are. <laughs> Which um, it continues into dinner where she makes some crack about uh, the even the pickles are full of history when it comes to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ikitakimash. Let's eat. Um, and then uh, her and I believe it's her. She has like a basically a. I assume she's a schoolgirl outfit, but she basically look, looks like she's wearing Sailor Moon's clothes at this point. But uh, yes, uh, <laughs> anime is very into school uniforms, short skirts. And you notice her her legs seem abnormally long. Too. Yeah, they go all the way up. <laughs> well, there was a movie that that says that I just had them lengthen. They go all the way up. I think that was Hot Shots. Can't remember now. But yes, uh, she's she's very she's got very long legs and a very short skirt. So there's a big bit where you know a good sort of origin where she uh, and I'm sure it gets explained down the road. But they go into a well where uh, she gets attacked. Oh, sorry, go ahead. She gets attacked by a giant half human, half snake, multi arm, naked demon centipede. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it was it was a. Uh, it was something. Uh, it was something. Very strategically placed where there would always be something in front of her boobs. So you didn't really get the full on naked show. That's talent. That's talent right there. Uh, yeah, she can go through the bone eater as well because she had the chicone jewel in her body from being reincarnated from Kikyo. Now, I was like very confused, but I kept saying to myself, ah, I just watch more episodes. All this Trust is going to get explained. Uh, they, they explain things over and over and over and over and over again. So you'll never forget it again. So they kind of go through a dimension and uh, they're in, it looks like the past. And she even says that they're not in Tokyo anymore. <laughs> feudal, is it, I think is it feudal era. Is it what it's, uh, how you say it? Back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, she finds uh, Inuyashi. He's stuck to the tree. <laughs> She's really fascinated, rubbing his ears, in fact, at one point. Uh, I would, too. And uh, I like how he says to her that, uh, I believe the word was, uh, you're a clever girl, albeit for a halfway. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty accurate. My husband says she nags too much. I was like, of course you'd say that. <laughs> He's like, she, he's like, Inuyasha should go with, with Kikyo because Kikyo comes back. 
So he's like, you should you should go with Kikyo. Uh, and I was like, that's kind of messed up, but okay. Well, uh, she goes to the village and uh, old woman Kikyo is there. Kiaere. Kiaere. My, my mistake. Yeah, uh, Kiaere. to everybody else, but they pronounce it Kiaere. <laughs> we saw a young version of her, so she still has the eye patch in an earlier flashback. And uh, she believes that she's not a demon. She uh, She's sincere. But she's never heard of Tokyo because she says how she has to go back to Tokyo. So I'm not sure what it kind of made me. Made, I didn't, but it made me want to look up when the city of Tokyo was found that to try to find a time frame of this. You didn't find the, out. Now you're going to leave me like lacking. <laughs> I suppose I can look it up. What the hell? I'm not even sure what era they were in, but I, I yeah, I'm kind of curious when uh, Tokyo came to be. Let's just take a look here. It says here Tokyo wasn't founded until 1889. Really? Yes. Officially established on May. <laughs> that doesn't sound right to me. Like 1889, isn't? it's not even 200 years old? Yeah. Huh. All right. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole because then I'll be looking at all sorts. <laughs> but then the, the, the centipede naked six-arm woman attacks the village. <laughs> Yes, that is pretty accurate. Yeah, in, in it's Kagome's fault that everyone gets attacked. That is true. Uh, she thinks that she is uh, his uh, Kikio who had shot him with the arrow years ago, but uh, he founds out he isn't. In fact, she says Kikio was much cooler. <laughs> That's messed up. He tells her to pull the arrow out so he can fight the demon. She, uh, she, the, the villagers are warning him not to. He can't be trusted. He is a demon dog, after all. Uh, I think that's pretty accurate, actually. For now. But then we find out at one point that, uh, she has, uh, some powers as well. She kind of does this, uh, I don't even know how you describe it. It's almost like this Superman telekinesis kind of, uh. <laughs> I believe, oh, the arrow? Well, she does this thing with her hand where she kind of shoots off the demon for a minute, where, uh, I think it's because she said that the jewel was inside her. Oh yeah, um, yeah. It, I guess it's the power of souls with the soul. Oh, it's like my story, <laughs> but it, yeah, it's uh, it's not a positive thing. It's not a positive, uh, but it's her soul channeling, I believe, the Shakon jewel. But yeah, then it comes out of her, and the only time I ever see it used again is when she uses the arrows. I don't think she, well, she may or may not use it again with the. I don't know how she does it if she does, if it's not in her later, but she does do it again. I think again for a couple of things, but it, it's only when it's useful. <laughs> like it's not. It's only <laughs> when they need it for the story that it works. Yeah. Well, everyone will have to keep watching to find out. Uh, the demon gets the jewel, and she gets like even more demon-like. Her like skin melts, and she looks like almost like a green skeleton, if you will. Pretty nasty looking. That yeah, was pretty nasty looking. So they they do finally. Uh, she does pull the arrow out. Spoiler alert. Inuyaza, <laughs> who then, like, literally, like, with his claws, like, right down the middle, cuts, cuts her in half. <laughs> Insane. Yeah. He's actually pretty strong. Uh, again, it varies depending on the story, but uh, generally he's pretty strong. Uh, they always say, oh, you're a half demon, you can't be that strong. But then he kills them. Whoever says you can't be that strong because you're half demon, he winds up killing them. So... Apparently, he is that strong. So, uh, but they, the thing's still moving, so they tell her that she's going to take the jewel out of her or she'll come back to life, which she does, and then the demon pretty much just turns to dust and bones. 
I hate it when that happens. She's pretty happy at first, but then Inuzaza says, uh, give me the jewels, girl, so I don't have to sharpen my claws on you. <laughs> and our big cliffhanger of the episode is uh, she kind of in her monologue says, you mean he's not the hero? <laughs> <laughs> it's accurate. And we cut to our ending credits. So uh, quite a lot going on on the girl who overcame time and the boy who just overcome. <laughs> it's such a weird <laughs> title. So uh, yeah, a lot, a lot going on, a lot of setup. Um, it's weird. Uh, some of this anime I watch, um, they just kind of go into action and not. But this and the last one I had done was uh, Demon Slayer. It's a lot more of a build up to our story, a slow burn to establish the rest of the show. Yeah. Now, when was the last time you had seen this before uh, coming on the show? Last month. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't like a, it's pretty fresh in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I started watching it again for my husband and we started from the. I mean, there's such quick episodes. When you fast forward through the credits, the end credits, uh, it's like a 19 minute show. <laughs> so we watch it pretty quick. I do notice with anime where um, I'll, I'll turn on the episode and it says it's like 24 minutes, but then I watch it and the way the action is paced and the movement and all, it really doesn't seem like, it seems like very short when you actually It feels like it. 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah like, like, I feel like there's more action that takes more than actual dialogue and story. So a lot of times it feels really quick. Maybe that's why they can crank out so many and nobody seems to, to get bored. I agree. There you have it. Inuyashi. And I'm going to say it one last time. You say it wrong every time. The girl who overcame time and the boy who just overcame or overcome, whichever you like. Well, I'm going to, we'll get to a ranking in a minute of the episode on itself, but uh, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't, uh, of the things I've reviewed on the show before, I enjoyed JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and One Punch Man probably more than this. Um, But I can definitely see, I, I would definitely find myself watching more episodes. This is a, Interesting way to start. I'm very curious because a lot of this was uh, not explained in the first episode. It gets it gets a lot better, especially when Inuyasha starts to change his attitude towards Kagome. And they add in, uh, there is tactically in their little group, five permanent characters. Uh, so once they're all together, it's kind of more of an adventure. So, yeah. And uh, despite the response and failure of the live action cowboy bebop it seems like live action anime is something that's starting to develop some traction you think this is something that could ever translate into a live action show i'm gonna say no because there's so much it's so hard to portray a human as a dog without making it look incredibly creepy or stupid or i mean if anyone could do it it's the japanese but it but uh I, I don't I don't think so. I, I, I don't think they should try it personally. Uh, I think they should make more movies uh, because it, it well, they have a new series now, which I'm not watching, but it's their kids. So it's the future. And uh, I don't know if Inyash is in it because he should have been able to outlive the kids. But uh, I don't know. As far as I know, it's the kids of Kagome and Inyasha, And I have not watched it because I watched it for Inyasha, And as far as I know, he's not in it. And actually, I watched it for Inuyasha and Kagome. So, but yeah, I wish they would do more movies. I don't, I don't want them to ruin it with a, with a live action thing. And you know, 
well, I want to watch it more because I want to find out what's going on with that giant flying cat. That didn't happen in the episode, but it was in the credits. Killer, uh, Killer Ra is, uh, it doesn't doesn't come on for like, I want to say like 30 episodes. It's uh, Sango's cat, and it, it starts, I want one. It starts as a, a mini cat, and whenever it wants to fly, it turns into this big flying cat. So, yeah. You, I love that thing. So it's it's permanently in there in the group too. Once they 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 find up with Sango. So, all right. On that note, we're going over to our ranking system. We're going over to our uh, spectrometer. Woo-hoo. Anyone new to the show, spectrometers where we rank what we saw. Zero spectros is absolute garbage. Four spectros perfection. Does it get any better? Judging on this one episode. Or on a hole, whichever floats your boat. Well, how would you rank? I'm not even going to say it because you're going to make fun of me for pronouncing it wrong again. <laughs> Inyasha, I'm not making fun of you. I, I, make, I can't pronounce uh, English words. I'm dyslexic and I get them all wrong. So it's just, it, the, only thing, the only thing that I was laughing at is you, it's not that you said it wrong each time. You said it different from the last time you said it. So there was always like a different twist on it. So it was actually kind of interesting to see how you would say it the next time. Uh, and it kept it kept getting cooler and cooler. So uh, no, I, I was I was more intrigued than anything. What what is the uh, what is the ranking? How do I pick a right? What's what's the highest? Or four is the highest you can go. It doesn't get any better than four. Zero is absolute garbage. The worst thing you've ever seen. I'm gonna go with four. I I think this this it has comedy. It has action. It has gore. It has amazing characters. It has emotional connection. It's got an amazing ending. It's got a huge run. Uh, I, I'm gonna give it a four. Uh, yeah, four. I, I'm uh, people. Uh, it's become almost a joke that I say this, but uh, every time I have someone on and we do anime, I always say not really my thing, but I always end up liking it. I'm gonna go probably uh, three and a half. I thought it was fun. Nice. I enjoyed it. Animation's good. Story was interesting. It gets better. So if you give that a three and a half, that's pretty good. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fault it. I enjoyed it. Awesome. What? What did you all think out there? Did you like it less? You couldn't have liked it much more. If you did, that's okay. If you want to hear from you, let me know. You can go to my uh, Twitter and let me know. I'm at Matt Spectro. Follow me while you're there. You can also find me at Facebook, Matt Spectro through the Multiverse, and follow me and give me your two cents of what you thought of this anime. Carissa, I want to thank you for joining us. Thanks. Uh, I hope you'll come back and do another episode at some time. Yeah, and to everyone, if they want to find us, uh, we're on Twitter at uh, worthy uh, worthy underscore chaos but the kickstarter is super easy to find you just go to kickstarter and search worthy chaos and uh super easy to find all right so uh, every time i have a guest we get to the what i call the uh free hype part of our show where i got my guests hype whatever and anything and everything they have to hype the floor is yours completely it's all yours hype away Okay, so I'm going to tell the uh, beginning real quick because it kind of lays the groundwork of the story. Um, These two characters are soulmates when they're teenagers and they plan to run away to get away from their abusive parents. But on the night they were supposed to run away, her brother is possessed by a demon and kills her parents. She calls her uh, Draven and tells him, do not come to the house. And of course, the first thing he does is go to the house. He goes through the front door. She goes through the back window And he slips on her blood, calls out her name. She turns around and she gets hit by a car and in a coma for several months in a different city. And he is arrested for her murder. They think for 10 years, the other one is dead, killed by her brother. So she becomes trained as a supernatural hunter to get revenge on uh, him him being taken away. And he becomes an assassin because without her there, he's completely heartless 
So then 10 years later, the angels and demons uh, figure out where they are when he moves closer to her and their souls set off an alert. The two angels and demons trick them into being trapped in a town that merges with hell. And now they are fighting to get out of that town against ghosts, mermen, go uh, zombie mermen, uh, hellhounds, uh, zombies, Anubis, skeleton birds, anything you could think of, zombies, uh, vampires, and all that fun stuff. And uh, it's a survival against their fathers that they don't even know are stalking them. We do. We get to see their point of view and see what they're stalking or using in their power. And their main goal is to get the angelic weapon that has the power of souls from Seraphina so that they can conquer either heaven or hell, which everyone gets it. So the main thing is for them to figure out why they are being targeted and what is targeting them. And then uh, more than anything, it's to survive. And it's also to see what they would. It's a bond that grows as they get spend more time together and they go through all this torturous uh, stuff. Uh, it is a 45 issue series, but we have seven issue arcs. So this is issue six out of seven, seven will be in October and you will be able to see the entire book one. And uh, it is a nonstop action thrill ride of two amazing characters in an amazing world and uh, great character development. And uh, you won't be bored and they curse a lot. So if you don't like cursing, don't, don't read this book. All right, and just to make sure everyone got it, why don't you give us all the details on the Kickstarter one more time? So the Kickstarter, do not search redemption, unfortunately. There's 700 things. So the best thing to search for is Worthy Chaos. We are the only thing that pops up. We always have a Kickstarter live or in pre-launch. And if you don't, just wait 24 hours, and there will be, as we go into pre-launch the day after Kickstarter ends. And then we launch every other month except for near the holidays in December. So our last for this year will be October 31st, which is the blue moon of Halloween. Uh, if anyone that doesn't know, a blue moon is the second full moon in a month. And it's pretty rare. And then uh, two will start January 23rd. And it'll launch from there. and It'll go every other month. And uh, find us. Oh, we have a Facebook group. You could search Worthy Chaos. And uh, join the group. And as an indie creator, you can post your Kickstarters and uh, things like that. And as a artist, you are welcome to post your art and commissions and such like that. Um, but we will tweet out or post our covers, our rewards, pages, progress, all those fun things. So definitely join the group and join me on Twitter. Uh, at worthy underscore chaos we have 5.3 thousand followers and uh, we would love to be able to share out more of our story so beautiful uh, wow <laughs> did you say uh, mermen and zombie mermen we have no we have it's zombies and zombie mermen okay. uh, <laughs> so it's like zombie comma mermen yeah, <laughs> so that, yeah it's i was a, like it's, zombie mermen that sounds pretty damn awesome it's it's zombie mermen uh, so it's it's mermen that were turned into zombies. Um, it's slightly rare. It wasn't planned, but it sounded cool when we said it. So now we have, uh, and she fights them. Uh, Seraphina fights them underwater. I like it. Well, uh, like I said, I really appreciate you joining us. Uh, I hope you'll come back and do another episode sometime. Absolutely, I would love to come back. I really appreciate you having me here. I had a good time. Yeah, I did too, and I want to thank everyone who listened. And uh, if you could also uh, follow my. Uh, Subscribe to my podcast. I appreciate it. If you could uh, share it and uh, give me a five-star review, uh, I appreciate it as well. Anything will help my algorithm. And if you have any suggestions or ideas, uh, please go to my social media and let me know. 
And until then, I want to thank everyone for joining us. And that's about it. We're going to see you again next week for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro to the Multiverse. Excelsior!